My mother was Vermel Bunny Smith Rodriguez. She would tell you to call her Bunny because she never knew anybody who wasn't a friend. Bunny Rodriguez was many things throughout her life. She was a school teacher. She was um, a businesswoman. I like to tell people my mother was Martha Stewart before Martha Stewart was Martha Stewart. She could do everything. Bunny Rodriguez lived throughout the eastern coast of the United States, but her home was always Georgetown, South Carolina. And what she loved to do most was share the history of her people, the descendants of enslaved people brought from the Rice Coast region of Africa to the southern United States. They're known as the Gullah Geechee. So my mother was there for African-American people, and she was there specifically for Gullah Geechee people. My name is Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we go to Georgetown, South Carolina, to the Gullah Geechee Museum, a museum that Bunny founded over 25 years ago to preserve and showcase the stories and experiences of this group of African Americans. It's a history few know, but a culture many will recognize. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. My name is Janet Rodriguez. I could call myself the curator of the Gullah Museum in Georgetown, South Carolina, South Kakalaki. We specialize in telling the stories of the Gullah Geechee people and how we've shaped America. The Gullah Geechee Museum is a space dedicated to telling all of the history and so much more. From the outside, it looks sort of like a storefront. It's right next to a barbershop. And inside, you'll see Gullah artifacts ranging from sweetgrass baskets to jewelry to musical instruments. In Georgetown, South Carolina, the home of the museum, was basically the center of South Carolina's rice industry. Georgetown is this historical place that is very interesting because it's some, to some extent, it's sort of stuck in time because this was a place that at one point was a thriving port town. This was a a place that, you know, exported um, lumber, exported um, the rice, uh, imported um, enslaved Africans that were either sold here in Georgetown or sent down to Charleston and, and put on the auction block. So it went from being this thriving place to turning into a sleepy area. And it's been sleepy ever since. 
But the museum doesn't just focus on the culture in Georgetown or South Carolina. It covers the history and culture of Gullah people throughout the United States, especially from Wilmington, North Carolina, down to Jacksonville, Florida, from the coast to about 30 miles inland. Now, this is a federally recognized area that is under the National Park Service. That is where the Gullah Geechee have traditionally lived and continue to live. You know, depending on what scholar you're talking to, they will tell you that coastal South Carolina and Georgia is the most African place in America. So if you're a 90s kid like me, the word Gullah might ring a bell. Come and let's play together in the bright sunny weather. Let's all go to Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah! Gullah Gullah! Yeah, when I was a kid, I remember there was a show, uh, Gullah Gullah Island. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I just saw Ron Days at the museum a couple of days ago. Wow. Uh, that show, Gullah Gullah Island, was inspired by the Gullah culture of Ron Days' hometown, which is also on the South Carolina coast, right in the heart of the Gullah region. And Gullah culture is very African, from their language, which is Gullah, a Creole language of English and West African dialects, to their food and to their music. Every aspect of who they are is rooted in the rice coast that the enslaved Africans were taken from. The Gullah Geechee were able to maintain their culture because even during their period of enslavement, they were pretty isolated. And the reason why they were isolated is it was a semi-tropical zone. When some of the enslaved were brought over, some of the ancestors, they thought they had the ship had turned around and taken them back home. That's how similar coastal South Carolina is to where they, the weather zones where they were taken from in Africa. The South Carolina coast was hot and humid, just like home. But there were also disease-carrying bugs. Because of this, plantation owners wanted to live further inland, leaving their acres and acres of plantation land to be run by only a few white overseers. And this led to the enslaved Africans not being as closely monitored as enslaved people in other places. So when they brought us over, we were allowed to be as African as we wanted to be. No one was really changing that. And... Also, it was the continual influx of new Africans. Because one of the things people don't know about rice is before cotton was king, rice was queen. And that rice crop was very labor-intensive. And that's why the Europeans wanted Africans, specifically from the rice coast, to work in their rice fields in America. Those Africans were skilled labor. But in those South Carolina marshes, that labor was dangerous. They were in water most of the day, and aside from those disease-carrying bugs, you also had snakes and rats. Bunny Rodriguez actually knew one of the formerly enslaved people who would work in those conditions. So she was blessed enough to know a woman whose name was Grandma Williams. Grandma Williams was an enslaved woman who was a cook on a plantation. She was in her, in her early hundreds when my mother knew her. Grandma Williams told my mother that you could be bitten by a snake and a rat at the same time when you were in the rice field. So it was very dangerous work. There was a very high mortality rate. People don't realize that once you were put in the rice field, you lived an average of maybe three to five years. Wow. And today, though the Gullah Geechee people mainly live in that southeastern region of the U.S., their influence has extended far beyond. Michelle Obama's Gullah Geechee, Michael Jordan's Gullah Geechee, James Brown was Gullah Geechee, Clarence Thomas is Gullah Geechee, Tim Scott is Gullah Geechee, wow. uh, Warnock is Gullah Geechee. 
And I'm surprised at how many people don't know that Kumbaya is a Gullah Geechee song. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. It's this Gullah. <laughs> like Kumbaya, come, my Lord. Kumbaya. Wow. Come by, it me, kumbaya means come by here. It was a, wow. a plea for the Lord to come and help them. Wow. Okay. I mean, people don't know that words like goober, gumbo, tote, juke, like juke, join, juke, box. Those are all Gullah words. That's amazing. Bunny wouldn't live in her hometown of Georgetown for long. She went to college at South Carolina State, where she met a young man named Andrew Rodriguez from Roxbury, Massachusetts. Together, they moved to Boston and then Baltimore and then just north of Philadelphia. People think that I was in a military family. I wasn't. I was just in a father who was a high achiever, but, but you know, and recreated himself several times in, when it came to his career. Andrew was a chemist. Then he went to law school. And then he became a labor relations attorney at a steelmaking company. And Bunny didn't stick to one career either. She also wore many hats, from being a school teacher to opening up her own businesses. And then in the early 90s, Bunny picked up a hobby of making quilts. My mother was tremendously creative. So she she was a uh, she had sewn since she was a child. She made her clothes. Um, she went to state as a home economics major. She was a home ec teacher. So you want you want you got antique furniture. You want to change it? Mom mom stripped it and, and changed it. She was a tremendous cook. She was um, a tremendous seamstress. You know she could make wedding dresses and suits. You know. And so uh, that creative energy had to have an outlet. So she started making the quilts. And Bunny, with her pride of African culture and history, made her first quilt tell a story. It starts out with a a square that shows uh, the pyramids and shows the African continent. The next uh, square on the quilt shows a uh, African home, you know, before the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade. And then we get to the square that my mother says shows the dove of peace, which is what the Africans offered the Europeans, and the net of enslavement, which is what the Europeans offered the Africans. You know, the we talk about the slave pens in Africa and the the, the slave forts. Uh, we talk about the slave ships, the Middle Passage, and then we have another square that shows the pens in the United States. The quilt then shows life on the plantation and then emancipation. This quilt wouldn't be the only one Bunny knitted, but it was her first and one of her favorites. When the Rodriguez's decided to retire in the late 1990s, Bunny made a decision. It was time to go home. And so when she came down here, she opened up the Gullah Uman shop, and there she sold her quilts. She sold African artifacts. Um, She would tell the stories of the Gullah Geechee people. And so at one point, a woman who was visiting her, and my mother was, you know, laying down some Gullah Geechee history for her, and this woman said, Bunny, this is not a shop. This is a museum. And so at that point, my mother said, you're right. And so that's how the Gullah Museum evolved. The Gullah Museum was Bunny's baby. She loved everything about being able to create a home base for Gullah history and a safe space for artists and activists in her community. She started a rice festival where folks could come and learn about the importance of the rice crop to that region. And there would also be dancing, drummers, and all sorts of regular festival activities. 
Bunny also made herself a resource to Gullah Geechee artists. They could always count on the museum being a safe space to work and learn more about their roots. In late 2008, right before the first Obama inauguration, Bunny got a call from a man who was putting together an exhibit called Quilts for Obama in D.C. Bunny jumped at the opportunity and made a quilt in 15 days. And that tells the story of Michelle Obama's family from the slave house to the White House because her father's family is from Georgetown. The Smithsonian Museum now owns the quilt Bunny made for the former First Lady. It isn't hung up yet, but Janet hopes that soon it will be. Bunny Rodriguez died in 2015 after battling multiple health issues. She went out the way she wanted to go out because the day before she passed away, she was holding court around a bunch of friends that had come to visit her because she had just come out of um, the rehab center. And, um, you know, my mother was a social butterfly, had more charisma than than as an expression as you could shake a stick at. She was a character. After her passing, Bunny's three daughters, who were living in various corners of the country, decided to return to Georgetown. They're determined to keep the Gullah Museum and their mom's legacy alive. We feel her presence every time. I mean, I feel my mother's with me all the time, but especially when we're in the museum. And other people have have mentioned about, you know, they feel the presence of um, the energy, you know, the vibe. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Samton. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And my name is Baudelaire. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. 
Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.